We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is episode number 1,218 with Tony Robbins. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome back, my friend. Today's guest is one of my favorite guests we've had on the show. We've brought him back. His name is Tony Robbins. He is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, philanthropist, and the nation's number one life and business strategist. And over the past four decades, he has empowered more than 50 million people worldwide through his business and personal development coaching programs and events. He's written a brand new book that I'm so excited about called Life Force, how new breakthroughs in precision medicine can transform the quality of your life and those you love. And he's also offering a free breakthrough challenge that's focused on helping you take back control of your life this year and develop an ultimate breakthrough challenge. It's running from January 25th through the 29th. So make sure to sign up now at Breakthrough2022.com. In this episode, we discuss the exact morning routine Tony swears by that's helped him for years, how to take back control of your health if you feel like you're going through a breakdown, the habits of top performers that will help you stand apart, the biggest reason people hold themselves back in life, why finding a purpose bigger than yourself is so crucial to joy, happiness, and fulfillment, and so much more. And if you're inspired by this, then please share this with a few friends, post it over on social media, text a few friends, and get the word out about this. I think you're going to love this a lot. And if this is your first time here, please subscribe and stay a part of this community over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or over on YouTube for the School of Greatness. And I want to give a shout out to the fan of the week from Dale, who said, I recently started listening to the School of Greatness and I'm loving it. The guests are amazing and the conversations enlightening. If I only knew then what I know now, I would be so much farther ahead. Well, Dale, we appreciate you for subscribing recently and listening and so glad that you've enjoyed a lot of the guests we've had on. I hope hope you enjoy Tony Robbins as well. He's a massive inspiration and helps a lot of people with his wisdom. So big thank you, Dale, for being the fan of the week. And if you want a chance to be shouted out as a fan of the week, just go to Apple Podcasts right now, subscribe, and leave a review in the review section over there for your chance to be shouted out as a fan of the week. Okay, very excited about this one. In just a moment, the one and only Tony Robbins. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest. Tony Robbins is in the house. Tony, good to see you, my man. Good to see you again, my friend. It's been a little while. I always tell this story every time we do an interview, and I, and I want for all the new people, because every time we do new, another interview, there's a lot of new people here. Uh, I want them to know the impact that you've had on my life before we get into this content. I was a teenager. My dad bought two tickets to one of your live events in St. Louis, Missouri. It was one of your, I think, two or three day kind of multi-speaker events. There was a Super Bowl champions and coaches, and Trump was there, and Larry King, our friend Larry King, was there, and all these different people speaking. It was my first ever event that I went to as a teenager. 
teenager, and he got us tickets right in kind of the the half court line. It was on a basketball arena in St. Louis. So kind of the, imagine the half court line. We were sitting on the floor and there was a moment when you came out off of stage during a song, which I believe was Don't Worry, Be Happy. I don't know if you remember these, <laughs> these moments. You walked down the stage and you walked down the aisle and my dad got me right in the aisle because I was a tall guy. I had long legs, so I wanted to be on the, the aisle. And you stood right next to me. I'll never forget this. This was, I don't know, 25 years ago. Wow. And you stood next to me. You didn't look at me, but you stood over me. And you were looking out and speaking to the crowd, saying some type of message. I don't remember the words you said, but I remember the way you made me feel. And it opened up something. It opened a breakthrough in me forever from the energy, the passion, the conviction, the wisdom that you had that you were teaching during that entire time. And I just want to, again, acknowledge you for the consistency you've had over the, the legacy of your work and impacting over 50 million lives around the world and giving back so much to charity as well. It's, it's been really inspiring to see the model that you've created for so many. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me and Lewis. I'm, I'm grateful because I get to take credit for all the great success you worked your ass off for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You did it, but I uh, get to get credit. How cool is that? <laughs> exactly. Well, I know you've done this. I know you've done this for so many people around the world. And I'm curious, a lot of people want to know really behind the scenes of how you do it. And the morning routine is something everyone's always curious about. I know your morning routine has evolved and shifted and changed over the years. Probably 30 years ago, it might have been a little bit different than it is today because you've been researching so much about mindset, about neuroscience, about the body, about nutrition, about all the different medical things that are out there. Is there something new that you do with your morning routine now that is different then? And what has really helped accelerate your productivity, your joy, your peace at this level with your morning routine? Well, there, I have certain fundamentals that haven't changed. You know, I, I think I've shared with you before, the first thing I do every single morning is I go in freezing cold water. And I've shared this with many people. It's not because I'm a masochist. But uh, because the, it moves the length of your body, as you well know. And when you jump in, it never feels good to go in. But getting out, you feel incredible. But I, I do it for a different reason. I do it to train my brain to say, when I say now, it means now. When I say go, we go. I don't stand there because it's cold and go maybe in a minute when I'm ready. And I, and I think I've shared with you before, I don't think I've ever had a morning I look forward to jumping in that water ever. But I always do it because I've trained my brain. This is how we work. And if you train your brain to do that every single day, then it'll do it on the more difficult and important things in life. But I also then I do my priming. I think you're familiar with, which is I do 10 minutes and I pick 10 minutes because if I said do 20 minutes or 30, oh, I don't have time. But if you don't have 10 minutes for your life, you don't have much of a life. So I do this 10 minute process. And if people want to know it rather than walk through it right now, they can go to Tony Robbins forward slash priming. There's a video. It's free. But the essence of it is I change my body radically and I do three things to make sure that my brain is primed. And what I mean by primed is most people think their thoughts are their thoughts, Lewis. And you and I know better because you and I have read the studies, right? Priming is a psychological principle where you think thoughts and you think they're yours, but very often they're created by the environment. So one example was Harvard has done multiple studies on this. And one of the studies they did was taking people, walking up to people, they hired two actors they walked up to 100 people. They had to do the exact same thing, men and women. And what they did is they'd walk up with a cup of coffee in their hand, and they'd look at you and go, here, would you hold this for a second? And they'd look down and reach in their pocket to pull out their phone. And most people then take the coffee. There's nobody there. You're not looking to give it back, right? And then they do what they're doing on the phone. They put it back in. They go, thank you so much. And they take their coffee back, and they walk away. 
But then about 20 minutes later, if you're at a mall or a school campus or whatever, a person comes by with a clipboard and they give you $20 and they say, listen, I know this sounds crazy, but if you'll give me 30 seconds of your time, the $20 is yours. I need you to read two minutes of this, literally this little story, and then just answer three questions for me. Here's the interesting part. Half the people have a reaction, more than 80%, and half have a reaction 80% difference, and here's the question. They read the same story, but half the people are handed hot coffee, half the people are handed iced coffee. And the question they ask is, how would you describe the main character of the story after they read a few paragraphs? And the people who are handed hot coffee say the person is warm and genuine, 81% of the people, 79 to 80, 79.8, it's almost, it's a 1% difference, you know, natural variability, who are given the iced coffee say the person is cold and uncaring. Now, I could tell you 20 studies like that that would blow your mind how your brain is conditioned or primed by the environment. And think about all that's gone on with COVID over the last two years and how many people's brains live in fear. And in my new health book, I put in there just to remind people with COVID, outside being 80 years old, the number one, or having four or five comorbidities, number one factor, 80% of the people die of COVID, 79.8% are obese. That's something you can do something about. The second factor, according to the CDC, is fear. Because anxiety makes people get short of breath, they freak out, and their whole nervous system starts to go shut down. Your immune system can be shut down just by fear alone. And so this experience of life that we have, most people just don't understand that you are being primed all the time. And unless you prime yourself, you're gonna be primed by the environment, which most people understand that your brain right now is being conditioned and triggered whether you know it or not. If you're in any social network, it's being done continuously by algorithms. So I wanna take control of my brain. So I do three quick things. One, I take three minutes of those 10 minutes after I've changed my body and I focus on three different events in my life that I'm grateful for. I usually pick two big ones and one small one. It could be as simple as a smile on my daughter's face, uh, the wind against you know, my skin. But I really, I don't like, if you've ever been on a roller coaster and you remember the roller coaster over there, it's not the same as remember going over the edge like you're there. So I do it in an associated <laughs> way. And it changes your biochemistry. And now it sounds pretty you know, positive thinky, I'm gonna be grateful. But there's a value to it because the two emotions that mess up your business, your life, your relationships are anger and fear. And you can't be angry and grateful simultaneously. And you can't be fearful and grateful simultaneously. So by starting my day with that, and it's not some fake pump up positive thinking, they're real experiences. So it literally teaches your body to go in that state because otherwise the environment when right now, there's a whole lot of uncertainty and fear. Then real fast, I do this three minute process. It's kind of like a blessing. And then three minutes, the last three minutes are called three to thrive where I focus on three things I want to accomplish, but instead of thinking I want to accomplish, I see, feel, and experience it as done. I feel grateful, I celebrate it, and it trains your brain. So in 10 minutes, I'm done. Third thing that I'll do, I immediately send a message or a text or an audio message to somebody as a sincere compliment. And I don't go, dude, great job, or wow, you're cool. I say, hey, listen, I saw you on Tuesday with those kids, and I saw you take that extra 20 minutes, no one else did. And I just want you to know, I saw that, I thought that was incredible. So I'm always very specific, mm. so they know it's not just some positive thinking bullshit call, it's sincerely right. doing it. It makes me constantly look for the good in the people I work with. Fourth thing I do 
is whatever I don't want to do, the most challenging part of the day. I want to go handle that problem. I want to handle that issue because after you do that, everything has momentum. So those four are my core. Now, my workouts, what I've done to be able to have more energy and vitality and strength. I just finished a book called Life Force. It's been three years on it. And in there, I give all the details of what to do, depending upon what your goals are and what your direction is, stage of life. What you're, are you looking for more energy or more strength? Are you looking to extend the quality of your life? Are you dealing with a real disease? And you know, I did Money Master the Game, and I interviewed, you know, at the time, 50 of the smartest people in the world financially, Ray Dalio, Warren Buffett, et cetera. This time, I interviewed 167 Nobel laureates, scientists, and the greatest regenerative doctors on the face of the earth so there's nothing in here that's my opinion. It is all science, and it's stuff that you would think would happen 20 or 30 years in the future that's happening either right now or the things that are coming in the next 12 to 36 months that the FDA is currently looking at for approval. I, want, I wanted to ask you a follow-up to one thing you mentioned there, which I think a lot of people don't do, which I think you do incredibly well. I've seen you do this many times. You mentioned you reach out to someone, you'll text someone, you'll send a voice note or a video message, uh, or maybe you're calling them or just saying hi to them and telling them, you're acknowledging something that they're doing well that you appreciate. I don't think that many people do this. Why is this so important for you personally? And why do you think this would help so many people get out of themselves and overcome anxiety and stress if they did this even a couple of times a week? I know you do this every day, but just a couple texts a week. Why was this so valuable for people? I, well, number one, I love people. So I love to sincere. If you just can't call someone to make a compliment and it's not sincere, anybody can feel that. I don't do that. Shit, you know, it's like I, I pride myself in finding the goodness in people or the skill sets in people. And I also know that what is acknowledged tends to grow. So from standpoint of that, I, I want them to feel that feeling of being appreciated. I want them to know I see what's happening behind the camera, so to speak. You know, it's like, uh, that's what matters. It's not how everybody else sees you, it's how you really are. And then it also deepens every relationship you have when you sincerely acknowledge somebody and you notice something other people don't notice. And so it, it deepens the connection. And to me, quality of life is the quality of two things, your emotions and your relationships. And you know, if my emotions are terrible, my relationships are gonna be terrible. Right. <laughs> but if I have great emotions and I can extend that out to help other people, then it just makes me feel more alive. So I. I do it for me and them. It's it's a virtuous cycle. Right. Yeah. And I think if someone's feeling, you know, stressed, the easiest way to overcome that is do what you said, which is focus on the things you're grateful for and get out of yourself and start acknowledging someone else and you'll 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 build that deeper relationship and feel better in the process. And that, now you got more positive momentum energy. Now you attack the most difficult thing of your day and when you make that your habit, it, the most difficult thing gets smaller and smaller because you're feeling stronger right. and stronger, right? And then you have momentum. And so now you'll attack the next dif difficult thing. And it doesn't even feel, feel difficult at that point. But th the whole secret is most of us don't realize, depending on which research you buy into, somewhere between 45 and 55% of what we do is habitual. And the great thing about habit is you don't have to think. So I don't know about you, but the first time I tried to drive a stick shift car when I was a little kid, it's like, I'm supposed to do this, 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 watch the <laughs> rearview mirror and the, ah, it's too much. Yeah. But once you learn it, most of driving, 99% of it, it's habits, so now your brain is free to do yeah. other things. That's the value of making something habitual. The weakness of making it habitual is you don't grow, right? Mm -hmm. The weakness of making it habitual is you don't feel fully alive. So it's like you've yeah. got to find that balance in your life. But if you can create habits that make you do the right things for your mind, your body, your emotion, and for others then let those take over. Then it becomes, it's like working out. You and I both are workout nuts. 
And it's like, in the early days, it's hard to work out. At this stage of my life or yours, if you didn't work out or I don't work out, my bet is you'd be pissed off and frustrated, right? You need to work <laughs> out. It's a part of who you are now. In the beginning days, it's like the last thing I wanted to do. But once it's in your life, that now frees you up to use that energy for everything else that matters in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two and a half years ago, I had, a, I had a, the privilege of being in your, your island in Fiji and spending a, about a week with uh, a small group of people uh, Dean and a, a bunch of other guys and, and gals, we got to spend some time with you. And you had a prediction. You said winter is coming. Yes, I did. And uh, you, you know, Dean has told me that you have predicted many things over the last, you know, four decades in, you know, the economy and what's happening in the world and all these different crises. You're you're kind of on the front lines of access to the most brilliant people in the world. So you you know what's happening before it happens. And you said to us, winter is coming. You probably knew this two years prior to that. And you said, you don't know when exactly, but it's coming soon. And then, I don't know, four or five months later, it hit and it hit hard for a lot of people. And it's still hitting hard, like you're talking about over the last couple of years. And I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon. It seems like there might be some hope and then boom, another wave and then another wave of something, whatever it is. What did you learn from researching in the new book with all these different experts on how we can really take back control of our mind, our health in, in new ways to support us when the winter continues to hit. Because it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. Well, you're hitting on a huge note. I'd love to plant the seed with everyone listening. And that is, we're about halfway through winter. Ugh. But my hope is this is the year where that part starts to change. But we're still in winter, meaning so many people have been conditioned to be fearful. So many businesses have been shut down. Our children have been kept out of school for such a long period of time that there's after effects on that. And it's also, you wanna be a student of history. Think of it this way for a second. When did mankind really become a dominant force on earth when they made one distinction? I've shared this with you when we were private. I think I told you there's three skills that you wanna master if you want to have an extraordinary life, no matter what decade we're in. You know, you know, you've probably read Oxford and many other universities are doing these studies where they say half the jobs we have today will be gone by 2040, which sounds like a long time, but it's 18 years from now. And that'll go like this. And so my grandkids, my daughter, it's like, what I want to help them with. Well, the first skill you got to master to be great, you know, you're the school of greatness, is the ability to recognize patterns. When humanity recognized the pattern of the seasons, the whole world changed. Because we went from hunter-gatherers trying to survive from place to place where we're exposed to everything, to wait a second. If we plant in the springtime, we protect in the summer, we reap in the fall and then we hang on to some of that so we can live through the winter. That created communities for the first time and then eventually cities and states and countries. So that changed the world. What'll change a person's life is when you realize there's also a set of seasons in your own life. And so think of it this way, zero to 21 is springtime. Things are easy to grow in springtime. You don't have to do that much. <laughs> Growing as a kid happens naturally. And some people live a protected childhood, not some of us, not so much. But overall, life is supporting you. It's sending you, teaching you, sharing with you. Now, when you get from, you know, 21 to 41 or 22 to 42, whatever range you want to talk about, some people get there at 16, some people get there at 25, you now are in the real world. And now you go test what you learned in your springtime. And it's a hot summer and you find out, holy shit, a relationship's different than I thought it was when I'm an intimate relationship committed. It's not the thing I just envisioned so easily. Or I'm not as bulletproof as I thought I was. I'm not president of the United States already and a billionaire like I said I was gonna be when I was you know, 19. 
So you start to learn, test, figure out what's real. And it's an important stage of life. 42, 43 to 62, 63 is the power of your life. It's the reaping time. If you worked hard in the spring and the summer and you put yourself out there and you planted, it's a reaping time. It's a time when you really become a leader. Just everyone's different, some sooner or later, but it's a great stage to understand. And then if you're lucky, you go from 63 to 83 and maybe 83 to 103 or the oldest living humans, 119. You have an extended final season of your life where you get to be the mentor. You get to share. You get to make a difference. And maybe towards the end of your life, people look out for you again after you looked out for everybody else. That's kind of the cycle of life. But then there's a third pattern, and that's the cycle of history. The most powerful people, by the way, have used not only pattern recognition, but the second skill, pattern utilization. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake caliper. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They see a pattern and they use it. So you'd say, how did Jeff Bezos become the richest man in the world? And the answer is simple. He studied the growth in the internet at an early stage and saw how explosive it was. It was like nothing else he could see. And he just figured any product, books, was the easy one to start with. But he got himself in and then he started to learn the real secret. The convenience is what people value more than anything else. And when he honed in on that one distinction, he not only recognized the pattern, used the pattern, the people that are real masters create their own patterns.
right? You play everybody else's music, and then eventually you get good enough you can create your own music, right? So the similar thing happens. And so what's occurred is, in humanity, is you go through, there's this seasons in nature, there's seasons in my life, and then there's seasons in history. So watch this. This is what gives me great optimism for everyone watching here. First of all, winter's not forever. No pandemic lives forever. No, you know, war lives forever. Nothing, everything changes and everything ends. That means something new occurs. You may not like it, but that's how life is. And the good news about winter is it's always followed by springtime. Historically, some winters are long, some are short, but they're always followed by springtime. What follows the night? The daytime. What a cool way to set it up if you were God or the universe, right? So imagine for a second, all of your listeners or viewers, and you think about it too. What if you're born in 1910? Now you know the seasons of a person's life. So from 1910, the next 1920 years of your life, you're going to be absorbing what was happening. World War I ends. The world looks like it's a great place new technology, cars, radio, and then what happens? An explosion of abundance, the roaring 20s. And so you're a kid, you're 14, 15 years old, and you're like, I can't wait to get a car to go. But what happened when that person hit the next stage of life, 19, 20, 21 years old? As they came of age, it's 1929. And suddenly, people are jumping out of buildings, total depression, dust bowl, nobody's got jobs, it looks horrific, and it was horrific. But did they get a break? No, when they turned 29, it's 1939. So think about it. Now, World War II breaks out. You and I don't remember. We weren't there, but anybody who was alive will tell you. It looked like the whole world was going to end. Hitler was sweeping across Europe, bombing London. It literally looked like the world as we know it was over. And this group of people, like millennials, or Z generation, a lot of people make fun of, and they go there you know, whatever, wallflowers, I forget the terms they use. And then the millennials and Z generation argue about you're old because you parked in the middle versus the side. I mean, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> the same bullshit was happening then. These people are called flappers. They were irresponsible. But here's, the, here's history and one thought. Good times create weak people. Weak people create bad times. Bad times create strong people. Strong people create good times. That's the history mm. of the world over and over and over again. Yes. And so what happened is that generation who was weak became strong because the environment demanded it. They became the heroes. And think about how different the 1930s and 40s were versus after the war, 45 through 50, up until Kennedy, 63. That 20-year period was what a lot of people thought was the greatest time in America. Now, certainly wasn't if you're African-American, started to become better if you're a woman. But then think about after Kennedy died and Robert Kennedy is killed and Martin Luther King is killed. Think about the 60s and the 70s, how different they were than the 80s, 90s, 2000s. So we go through these seasons. I could show them to you a thousand years of Roman history and you can see them. There's a book I highly recommend. Um, uh, Bill Clinton gave me this book called Generations when I was working with him 25 years ago, about a 700 page book. But the same authors, William Strauss and Neil Howe, wrote a smaller book, which might be more helpful, and I call, it's called The Fourth Turning. I read it in 1997. And it shows you the seasons of history and how everybody enters that. Like, everyone's going to have winter. Some are going to have it in their 20s. Some are going to have it in their 40s. Some are going to have it in their 60s or 80s. Some are going to have it when they're children. And then we all move through these seasons that are pretty much historic because the older person dies, 
everybody loses that lesson. And then we tend to, unfortunately, have to relearn some lessons again. So I want you to know that if it looks really horrible right now, if you follow those cycles, we're about halfway through winter. And winter usually starts with a financial winter, which was what I was referring to. I did not predict the pandemic, but there are pandemics as there were 80 years ago, right? But in addition to that, there's always a great war. And it could be a cyber war, it could be a war with China, but there's no question we are not done with what we're gonna deal with. In fact, I'm reading right now, you know, one of the ways I stay on the cutting edge is I'm constantly studying history because, you know, people say, you know, it, it doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes, you know? And this is a book that anybody who really wants to know where the world's going, it's Ray Dalio's newest book, The Changing World Order. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible, it's 500 years of history. So my whole thing is leaders anticipate, losers react. If you can anticipate what's coming, you can really take advantage. If you wait till it hits you, you're in trouble. So I think we're in a time where you're gonna, it's gonna be a better year if you're willing to be better, right? You know, winter can be a beautiful time. As you've heard me say before, you can freeze to death or you can ski and snowboard and have a great time with your family and build something. And so then when spring comes, you know, you can really take advantage. But if you look at the world, the most successful businesses started in a winter. 68% of the Fortune 1000 were started in either a recession or a depression. I don't care if you're talking about Disney or Exxon in the depression or Pizza Hut or FedEx in a recession or Apple in a recession. So this is your time, but you have to get your head straight and you got to get your energy strong. And that's not easy when most people are shoved in their houses and isolated and heard nothing but fear. So you got to take back control. Absolutely. One of the things in the sports arena that I learned growing up was uh, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I love that. And you, again, you've worked with, interviewed, you're friends with the top peak performers in the world and in all industries, you know them all. What are one or two practices besides the one you talked about with your morning routine from peak performers that you've studied or maybe you've implemented that keeps them prepared so they don't have to get ready, they stay ready? Well, I think, I'm, unfortunately, the real things are simple. That's why nobody does yeah. them. So <laughs> if, you, if you took Ray Dalio or, or Warren Buffett, I mean, they're readers. I'm a, I'm a constant reader, but I don't just read anything. I read something that I think can give me an edge of understanding. Because, I mean, look at it, Lewis, you and I both know, most people, Jim Rohn used to say, my teacher used to say, most people major in minor things. You know, they know more about some actress's personal life than they know about their own physical body or their vitality or their energy or their emotion or their business or their career. And so what matters? A few subjects, your body, because your energy matters. That energy is low. Everything I just said is worthless to you because you're just going to go, he's talking too fast and there's a lot going on. And yeah, well, hopefully the future will be better. Because when you're low energy, you don't use your full intelligence or ability. And most of us have not moved so much because of the environment of COVID where everybody was pretty much locked down and unless you live like I did in Florida. The point of the matter is most people, that energy has been lower. So you need energy. You need emotion. If you don't know how to master your emotion, emotions start wars. Emotion creates peace. Emotion gets emotion get you laid. Emotion gets you children. Emotion is what can make that business work or fail. And most people don't know how to direct their own emotions. What's another lesson? You got to look at your own financial world. If you don't master it, it's going to create enormous stress. Your relationships are everything, as we've already said. The, your business or your career, or hopefully it's your mission. And then there's the spiritual side of life. So you can take a half dozen areas and go, let me find who's genius in this area. And let me go learn from them. Let me go read. Let me listen to podcasts. Let me be conscious about feeding my brain 
things that are gonna give me not only inspiration, but insight and skill and tools. And everyone I know who is not only successful, but is able to contribute back to society, it has a hunger to constantly improve at least one area of those six areas of their life, and the most happy are the ones that hit multiple areas. And that's why, like, like one of the reasons I wrote Life Force, richest man in the graveyard is not your goal. You know, it's like there's an old phrase that says, you know, a person who's healthy has a million dreams. A person who's not healthy has one, you know? So I wanted to give people the cutting edge in that area because it's such a critical area. Of all these different areas of life, mastering emotions, financial world, relationships, what do you what do you think is the root of of people lacking what they really want in all those areas? Is it the confidence? Is it the skill set? Is it something? What else do they you know? What is the root cause of holding them back from really growing in all those areas? I think it's um, a couple things. One is the biggest problem people have is they think they're not supposed to have any, and problems are the fuel for growth, <laughs> right? And so yeah. it's like if you don't have any problems, you're either a liar or you might call them challenges. It feels better. I understand that, mm -hmm. but. You know, anybody who doesn't have problems is either totally asleep at the wheel or they don't have much of any kind of a life. You know, no responsibility, nothing they're building. So I think the first thing is this misnomer that if I have a problem, there's something wrong with me or my life. And I think the second one is this delusion we've sold people on that getting what you want is going to make you happy. You know, you could call success getting what you want. I, I don't define it that way, but that's how most people do. But then there's fulfillment. And fulfillment is living what you're made for. It's like, I think the biggest challenge people have, and the reason they're not able to respond to challenges, they're just thinking about themselves. And it's not that hard to meet your own needs. And it's nobody's fault. I mean, these little things in our pocket, these little mini computers we used to call phones, I mean, they're constantly conditioning you to instantly get what you want. And that's not how human relationship works. And it sure as hell not how you build a business, right? It's not a straight line. If you go to nature, you will not see a straight line unless a human built it because everything grows a little up and down like a stock, like anything else. And, but if it really grows, it keeps growing, but it's a winding process. And so yeah. I think the problem is that people don't have something that they're wanting to serve more than themselves. That's where my energy comes from. I don't have to work in a day of my life. Why the hell do I do all this crazy stuff? I got 105 companies now and I got all these different industries because it's so much more interesting to be in the game of life and keep growing mm. and expanding and being challenged. That's what makes you feel alive. And do are there problems with 105 companies? I can promise you. But if I thought <laughs> my life was supposed to be problem free, I would be really stressed out. And if I was just doing it for me, I would have stopped a long time ago. It's like, I know you've asked me a lot of times about confidence. You just mentioned it again. Like, yes. is there a lack of confidence? No, it's a lack of mission, right? Mm. Because what, what happens is when you have something you want to serve, if it's your child and everything's on the line, you won't come up with answers. You'll never come up with for yourself, right? So it's like having that sense of mission. And then I think the next problem is that people think they have to know how. I call it the tyranny of how. Like, you get all excited, I'm gonna do this. And then your brain goes, I've never done it before. Oh my God, what did I say? I, I don't know how to do this. And they tend to focus on how to do it. And when you start with how, you're screwed. Like Martin Luther King had no idea how when he did his I Have a Dream speech. In fact, his wife was the one that pushed him <laughs> because he was uncertain, right? If you know the real history, it's pretty interesting. But the bottom line is he gets up there and he gives his vision of how it can be done. He talked about what needs to happen and why. 
If you can figure out what you want and why you want it, and you get strong enough reasons, reasons that'll drive you late at night, it'll get you up early in the morning, and the reasons are different. Some people do it for nitty-gritty reasons, Jim Rohn used to say, because you know, some guy told him he, he borrowed money from this finance company, I forget the name of it, HFC Finance, whatever the hell it was, and you know, he hadn't been back since he borrowed the money. You know? So they're calling him in those days. They could harass you in ways they can't today, right? They'd right. call him, show up, and embarrass him in front of his neighbors. And so Jim Rohn, his first real chunk of money, he told me he made because it's like he set this goal. It was his nitty-gritty reason. His reason to get rich was so he could go down and pay this thing off. And he said he went to the bank and got it all in cash and in small bills, and he Bolted into this little HFC, you know, finance place. And the guy who borrowed the money was the fourth best back. And he said, I walked up there. I opened, I opened up this brief and I dumped all the money all over his desk in small bills. And I said, count it. It's all there. I will never be back. He said he was startled because I hadn't been there since I borrowed the money. Right. But, <laughs> but he did it for nitty gritty. Some people do it for their kid. Some people will do it like we'll almost all do it for something more than ourselves. Some people do it because they like winning. Right? I know that about you, right? It's like, I like winning. I like being the best at what I do. So I'm not going to settle for less than that. Why would I, right? So you got to find your reasons. But if you know what you want and you get a big enough why, now you'll figure out how to do it. But if you start with how, you know, the small brain, the fear brain, goes, oh, shit, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do 90% of the time either. I know what and why. And then I try something. It doesn't work. I try something else. And I do something else. Now I speed it up by learning from the best. So that's why, you know, Money Master the Game is a perfect example. My companies, you know, at the time were $100 million companies. I had one $500 million company. Now we're doing $7 billion. I took what I learned from these guys. I applied it not only to my investing, I applied it to my own businesses. Why do I reinvent the wheel when I just learned from the best on earth? I mean, somebody who's that good can tell you that little two millimeter thing that changes everything. So my life is really about learn from the best, but I don't start with the how. I start with the what and the why. And I think that's the mistake yeah. most people make. And then how do you get confident? You do stuff. I mean, like, I'll give you an example. Speaking. You know, it's supposedly outside of falling, like the second biggest fear. People have public speaking. <laughs> and, you know, you've trained yourself, so you don't feel that challenge. Yeah. And, but I don't feel that challenge. And I, not, I mean, I've done it a million times, but I didn't feel it early on. And the reason was I tried to explain to people I'm not getting up thinking about how I'm doing. If I did, I'd probably be a horrible critic of myself because mm -hmm. I, I can be brutal in those ways. I'm focused on how do I serve them? What do they need? What do they want? How can I serve? And when you're focused on others and how to serve them, there's no lack of confidence in you because if it's not working, you just change your approach because it's all about serving. People that are scared to speak are thinking constantly, how am I doing? Am I good enough? Am I strong enough? You'll never get confidence. Confidence comes from doing something. So much. confidence is tying your shoes, right? Confidence on Michael Jordan making a thousand shots before you take a break every single day, six days a week. So you look at Jordan or you look at, you know, LeBron or you look at anybody who's the best in the world at what they do and you go, aren't they lucky? But if you actually study them, you'll see they're doing things. They're practicing in private things that make them certain in public and they get rewarded for what they do in public. Yeah. And you got to do the same. It's interesting because public speaking was probably my most terrifying thing. I wasn't even able to speak in front of like five people without stuttering and just kind of forgetting what I wanted to say. I couldn't get my message across. So I took a year of public speaking class with Toastmasters just to get reps in a group of people that are, you know, are going to give you positive feedback. 
and in a safe environment so I could just get in front of a room, practice a five-minute speech, and know that I'm going to make mistakes. It's interesting what you said is 100% true about thinking about serving others because for I think it was probably seven years I was I was speaking on stages and I would still get nervous like a day or two before. It wasn't as bad as the first two years where it was like a week before. Now it was only like a day or two. And I called my my coach at the time, his name's Chris Lee, and I said, I don't know why I'm speaking. I've been doing this for long enough now. Shouldn't I be not afraid anymore? And he said, you're thinking about messing up, missing the joke, forgetting what you're going to say in the first line, forgetting you're thinking about how you're looking as opposed to serving people. And he said exactly, you know, exactly what you just said. He's like, when you just know you're going to mess up, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to get forget that line that you really wanted to say, but just put all the energy on the audience. Everything starts to change. And so your your message speaks to me because I'm an example of that. Well, and it really congratulations, because obviously people. you kick ass in that area now. But think about <laughs> that. You just gave people the truth, right? How do you build confidence as action? The biggest mistake, people think they're supposed to walk out and be good at it. And if they're not, because you know they, they don't want any part of it. I don't want to not look good, not be good, because we live in this social media world where they compare themselves to people that are bullshit. You know, I got a friend that owns a gym and we laugh about this all the time. He says, Tony, at least two or three times. First time he told me, so I couldn't believe it. But I, I saw it happen one time. I went to go pick him up. We were going to lunch. And he goes, look at this. And these people would come out, a woman or a man, they both do it, and lay out all this stuff, take a million pictures of themselves, and then leave. They didn't do any workout whatsoever. That's the bullshit social media when filters on pictures. And so people compare themselves to not other humans. They compare to people others' bullshit story. And that's why so many people get depressed when they, you know, there's, I'm sure you've seen the studies, you know, the more time people spend on social media, usually the greater levels of frustration and anger and certainly depression for a lot of people have, because you're comparing a world that doesn't matter, plus you're being reinforced by these algorithms in ways that go beyond your conscious awareness. What happens when we don't lean into our fears or we just allow our fears to stay inside of us, our insecurities to stay inside of us for years or decades, and we never actually learn to act on them and improve them? What happens to us if we just allow these fears to, to hold us back? Well, what happens to a muscle if you don't use it? We say you lose it, you don't actually lose it, but it gets weaker and weaker, as you well know, right? And what happens the minute you start making demands on it, especially if you haven't made demands in a while, it doesn't take much to see real muscle growth, right? And so it's like, if you, if you constantly live in fear, your world gets smaller and smaller and it tends to get more fearful. Like who's more fearful? Someone has broken 10 bones in their body and healed them as a kid or someone never broke a bone? You know the answer is. The kids that are overprotected are fearful all the time. But if you've gone out in the street and you know you got in a fight and you know you busted your arm or your hand or finger or you played football or whatever the hell it is or boxed or something, it's like now it's like I'm not afraid of that crap because you've lived it. And there's no substitute. I always tell people a belief is a poor substitute for an experience. You think you know what China is, but I take you to China, you have a little different experience. And so almost everything I do is give someone an experience. That's the reason, you know, I did the firewalk, I still do, but did for so many years. I did, before that I used to do skydiving, but it's hard to get 15,000 people above the sky in New York in the middle of the night. So I had to come up with other tools, but the firewalk was again, giving you an experience of something that seemed difficult or impossible, and then you get yourself to do it and your brain goes, wait a second. If I could do that, what else could I get myself to do? 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. That psychological shift is the most important shift that people can make. It's a shift in your identity. Why is identity so important for us to shape a positive, powerful identity? Well, first of all, for, so everybody understands what I mean by identity is we all have a way of identifying ourselves. We have a way of labeling ourselves. So most of us came up with our labels based on how we behaved. But really smart people can do stupid things. Really nice people can be mean. <laughs> mean people can be nice. And so if you judge yourself too soon, and most people's identity, their labels for themselves, who they think they are, has been based on their past and often many years ago. And so they don't update it. So the, the metaphor I'd give for identity is like, it's your comfort zone. It's not your goals. So if you, like, if you took a temperature in the room and it said 68 degrees is my comfort zone, physically, emotionally, financially, I want more in my relationship. I want more physically, energy-wise. I want more financially in my career. But this is what I'm used to. And so what happens? People stay in their comfort zone for the most part. And then let's say something happens and you dip. You're a 68 degree or that's your mentality. And you drop down to 62, 61, 60, somewhere around 60 or 59. The heaters kick on and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a 68 degree or what the hell are you doing? We've all experienced that. All of a sudden you go, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm not going to be in this relationship. I'm not going to be fat like this. I'm, boom. And you get this drive and you start to change. But what most people don't understand is it happens on the upper end too. Meaning, let's say you got momentum, you start crushing it, you start doing even better than you think. You go from 68 to 78 to 8, you're 98 degrees, financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever the metaphor is. And then what happens? You're going to say, hey, 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 your brain goes, who the hell do you think you are? You're not a 98 degree here, right? Get back to 68. And if nothing else, the heaters stop, you lose your drive, and that'll drift you back. And not enough, the air conditioner's can kick on, you start to kind of sabotage yourself till you get back to your comfort zone. So unless you expand your identity, change is temporary. It's like when someone says to me, I've stopped smoking, it's been eight days. And I go, why are you counting? <laughs> and I say, why are you counting? So you can tell people how long you lasted this time? Ooh. Like if I went to somebody and, and I said to you, hey, you know, Lewis, you want a cigarette? You're not going to say, what brand is it? You're going to go, no, <laughs> right. I'm not a smoker. Notice how people are, I'm not one of those. That's not my identity. Mm. Identity is the strongest force in the human personality. If you look, Lance Armstrong was a mixed identity now in the culture. This is a guy that had to win and found a way to win. So when he was told he had cancer in his lungs, in his brain, and in his testicles, and he rides a bike, and he's going to die, his answer was, no, I'm a champion. I find the way. I will find the answer. And he did. Now, unfortunately, he bent the rules around the sport, and it kind of ruined his reputation, obviously. But that mentality, his identity is why he survived. Other people told they have cancer, and they're like, it's over. They give up. They start arranging their affairs. And so that psychological difference 
is the number one thing I work with people on because unless you expand your identity, you're gonna basically keep where you are. You might improve a little or not. You might go up and down a bit, but you're gonna stay within a realm. If you're gonna have an explosive breakthrough to another level physically, mentally, financially, spiritually, then we gotta not only give you the tools, we gotta shift that internal sense of who you really are and have you find that you are more than anything that's ever happened to you, that you can handle whatever shows up, even if it's incredibly scary or uncomfortable. One of the biggest challenges I see a lot of people having is the identity when they start to have some success. They expand, they get to you know, 80, 85, 90, 100 degrees, they start to really grow and expand. What would you say is one of the main factors to help people to continue to break through to a higher degree as opposed to going back into the comfort zone? Is it a habit? Is it a mindset? Is it a belief? Is it environment? You know, what are, this, uh, what are those things would you say or, or a couple of things to help you continue and not fall back down? It's, it's I'm sorry to be a, a broken record, but it's just the truth. <laughs> it's a purpose larger than yourself that keeps you going. Mm -hmm. If it's only yes. to meet your own needs, you will drop back into your comfort zone. But like, you know, for example, you know, one of the great things that came out of COVID is I've spent most of my life as a vagabond, right? Because I travel all over the earth. So in most years, I travel to, you know, 115 cities. And as you know, most of my seminars are multi-day seminars. And I go to 12 to 16 countries, you know, like Australia three times. And so all of a sudden COVID hits and I had to adapt. I found this way to adapt. And now I'm reaching 10 times. I mean, my largest seminar is now 900,000 people versus 15,000. I was trying, I did one football stadium in 2019 with 38,000 people, 40,000 people. It was incredible. But now that's a tiny seminar, you know, because I couldn't put 900,000 people in any stadium, right? So all yeah. this good comes from that adaptation, right? Figuring out what to do. But I think the other part of it is, you know, during that same time when the great gifts was, I could find a way to be home and still touch people's lives so deeply and do it in a way that was impactful. I could see it and feel it and in their home. I could see their children. I mean, it's been amazing. And now I do both. I do hybrid. I got a thousand people in front of me in 197 countries all around me. But one of the other benefits was, is we'd want to have a daughter. And I told my wife, I'm not having a kid after 50. I don't want to show up at high school reunion and be 70 years old. But now I got an, I've got a nine, I've got a 48 year old daughter and a nine month old daughter. To give you an idea. I got yeah, five kids and yeah. my granddads, but my daughter, like all the things I've ever done for myself, biohacking and health and all that stuff. Well, like now I'll be 80 at her high school reunion. So like, <laughs> I, I got to use these things for a different reason. And so that doesn't let me get to a certain level and stand there. It's like, man, I, you know, I got to be 92 to 102 range in order to do that. I got to know every tool in the tool book to turn it around. So gave me even more drive. And then what comes out of that now is I can help anybody. I mean, you know, this is my new book, by the way, it's called Life Force. It's coming out so uh, February the 8th, but you can pre-order it now mm. on Amazon or go to TonyRobbins.com. But the point is, it's like, I want to know every single tool. Like I got totally obsessed even more than I normally am. Cause it's like, okay, I got a higher purpose. I got all my grandkids, all my children, but now I got my daughter. It's like, I got to have these tools. So, you know, you probably know, I think you remember about four years ago, five years ago, I was being crazy and I was snowboarding, chasing somebody who was 25 years old and a professional, right? And mm -hmm. I was not a professional regardless of age. And I had one of the most horrific accidents. I tore my rotator cuffs and, you know, I was, I've lived with pain like you, we both athletes. So, you know, it's yes. like to live in pain, but I was nine, nine nerve pain, like couldn't sleep oh. more than 30 minutes in a night, going to see these doctors. And what do they all say? Every single one says the same thing surgery, you got to cut it. It's the only mm -hmm. way. And then I go, okay, well, how long's the rehab? 
Well, you know, there's no guarantee your shoulder will work again completely. It could oh. break again, but you know, probably four to six months. And I'm one of the best. So it's like, my brain's like, no, there's gotta be a better way. And I remember seeing this study at Mayo Clinic where they said, you gotta get a second opinion. They recommend to this day, it doesn't matter how good the doctor is, because only 12% of the time is the second opinion the same as the first, which means 88% of the time it's different. And so it's like, okay, I need more opinions. I was getting the same opinions. I was going to the same kind of doctor. So then I went to Peter Diamandis, who's my partner and friend, and you know. So he's an MD from Harvard, but he's also a rocket scientist. I was like, what about stem cells? I know a little bit about stem cells. So he interviewed me, interviewed me to Dr. Bob Harari, and they're both my co-authors in the book now and both my partners. And Bob's the guy that took, you know, people remember, probably remember years ago, 38 years ago, somebody took old rats and gave them young rats blood and vice versa. And magically, the old rats got young, muscles, strong, hair, darker, and the old the young rats got old. It's kind of a vampire thing, but that's how stem cells were discovered. So I went to him and he said, Tony, look, your shoulder is shredded, so I can't guarantee anything. But if you go get stem cells here in the U.S., forget it, because of the way they regulate anything else, it's not going to do it. He said, go to Panama. And he goes, I want you to go down to this location and I want you to get three-day-old stem cells. And he said, they're cord stem cells. It's not fetal tissue. I'd never do that. They throw away the cords. And it's full of this life force that literally can change everything. Mm. And so I went down and I got this IV and yeah, I felt okay. And next day I was really sleepy. I woke up the third morning. Not only was my shoulder perfect, I have the MRI, it just blow your mind. Three days. But the most important thing is I had spinal stenosis. I've been in massive back pain for 14 years. No back pain whatsoever, no exaggeration. So I became wow. nuts, first for stem cells and then for anything in regenerative medicine. So then I get invited by the Pope to be the cleanup speaker on a, believe it or not, the Pope puts on the number one stem cell regenerative conference every two years <laughs> because he sees it's not fetal tissue and he sees wow. it as a gift from God and it's healing people in ways they have never seen before. So they asked me to be the cleanup speaker. I'm like, I'm no idiot. I'm not gonna come clean up speak. I'm gonna go the whole four days and attend every class. And so I met the greatest scientists on the face of the earth, Nobel laureates, brilliant people who are doing these breakthroughs in cancer and heart disease and Alzheimer's, but also regenerative medicine. And so I, right then I said, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do like Money Master the Game. I'm only there. I interviewed 50 of the most you know, financially successful people in history. Here I interviewed 168 of the greatest Nobel laureates, scientists, MDs, the best on earth on how do you generate more energy. So like, for example... For years, if someone like a fireman or a person falls in a fire, you know what they look like afterwards. It's grotesque. It's so sad for their life. And the standard treatment is put cadaver skin on there to help them survive initially. Well, today there's seven hospitals in the United States where they take your stem cells and they spray it on your face. And in the book, I show a picture of this fireman before and three weeks later, and you could never tell he was even in the fire. Um, you know, uh, Jack Nicholas, one of the greatest golfers of all time, couldn't stand for more than 10 minutes. He gave me an endorsement for the book and he got stem cells and this other piece we'd show you on how to eliminate pain in a natural scientific way. He's playing golf again for the first time. Uh, Cristina Ronaldo, the greatest, you know, football soccer player in the world, you know, gave me an endorsement of the book because it's the same thing. He's used regenerative medicine to completely turn his life around. So there are tools that are blow your mind. There are tools for preventing things that'll blow your mind. There's a, a new test that just came out. I got a call from some of my partners about five, six months ago. And he said, Tony, you know, there's been a breakthrough in the number one killer in America, which is heart disease, right? 
And they said, there's this new scan called a CCTA scan. And if you've ever had a CT scan, you know, they tell you how much calcium, they give you a score on your calcium, but hardened calcium is actually healed in the body. It's the loose calcium they call the widow maker that can then block an artery and give you a stroke or give you a heart attack. And he goes, Tony, it's so hard to read. I'm sure you've had them before. I said, I have. He goes, they now have this AI that literally opens digitally every single one of your, you know, entries in your body, flow in your body, arteries, et cetera. And it goes through using AI and shows what's actually hardened and good and what's loose and gives you a score and then shows you what to do. He said they can predict a heart attack between seven and 10 years in advance and show you what to do so it never happens. So my father-in-law is with me at the time. He's 80, about to be 80 years old. He's a strong and beautiful man. But, you know, people around you start telling you you're getting older, 80, and arrange your affairs. And I could just see the decline in his psychology. And then your physiology usually matches that. So I said, Dad, I said, I'm going to go to our center here in Florida. I said, I'm going to take a couple hours and do this new test and meet some guys and talk. Why don't you come with me? Let's do it together. I said, we're both at a stage of life where we're going to obviously have some of this calcium, but then it'll show us what to do. I said, why don't we go do it? My father-in-law, who you know worked his whole life lifting lumber in his own business, he is clean as a whistle. And then we have these tools now I write about in the book too. Like I had this ankle of mine that if I ever had a massage the last 18 years, like don't touch it. Because if you did, the nerves go crazy and it literally up my spine like an electrical shock. Oh, and man. I went in for a five minute procedure. They scan what's going on in the tissue in your body, right? And then they put in this fluid that opens up the channel and then it heals it. It's amniofluid, fluid, for example. And it was like, it was a 10 minute procedure and I've never had a problem with my ankle since. That was like three years ago. So my dad had a hip issue. So while we're there, they do his hip and he walks perfectly out with no pain wow. for the first time in 12 years. So we're getting on the plane and this is what I want for the book for people. It's one of the reasons I wrote it. My dad says to me, father-in-law, he goes, you know, Tony, those people talk about 120 and that. I don't know about that stuff. But he goes, you know, I'm 80 and my heart is solid. And he goes, and I'm, my hips are working and my muscles are strong. He goes, I can live another 20 years. He goes, you've only known my daughter for 22 years, been married to her. He goes, that's like a lifetime. You know, <laughs> he's got this whole new lease on life. So there are so many things you can do that can take away your fears about cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, et cetera. Or if you're there, are things you can do so that you can have an alternative set of treatments that maybe are less toxic or have greater opportunity. And again, none of it's my opinion. Everything, just like Money Master the Game, is coming from the greatest medical doctors and scientists in the world. And it's everything from how to get stronger, how to be able to eliminate challenges in your body, how to produce more energy and strength in the shortest period of time, or how to heal the body if you're going through some real challenges. I'm so excited about Life Force. And I read the first the first interview I did with you, I think it was six years ago, and it was for Money to Master the Game. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and is the book like 600 pages? It's probably the biggest book I've ever read. I mean, it's well, like chock full of. It's almost identical. This I use Bible <laughs> paper. It's 674 pages. <laughs> right. I I read the book and I remember being so. I was in my early 30s at the time, so I w I had gotten decent, I would say, at earning, but I didn't know how to invest. And I literally just did whatever you said in the book, and I said it and forget it with index funds. I didn't really know what an index fund or fiduciary was, all these things you talk about in there. And I just looked the last week, I've doubled my investment. That's and I had awesome. A, I, had a, I had a big investment in there, and it's doubled in the last six years. Congratulations. Um, more than doubled, actually. And um, it's it's steady, it's stable, and I can see kind of where it's going to go in the next five, 10 years. So 
And you're not worried about only, day to day, every day, worried about no, checking it all that. Not about crypto going up and down and all stocks going up and down and all these things. It's just like it keeps growing as everything else in the world is uncertain. I, I have been really good at being an athlete, working out, you know, being pretty healthy overall throughout most of my life. But I can only imagine the things I'm going to learn when I read all of Life Force. I, I, I don't have a copy yet, but when I get it well, soon. I literally just got this uh, physical copy, so I'll, I'll send you one right away. <laughs> exactly. When I get it, I'm going to go through this and uh, start implementing it. Because if this does exactly what Money Master the Game did for money for me, for my health, then I'm, I'm pumped about this. So I'm very I'll excited. I'll tell you what. I'm, I wrote this book. Every book I write, I work with the intention of helping people change and improve their lives on a massive scale. But I wrote this book because it actually can save lives without exaggeration or hyperbole. And I mm -hmm. wrote it not only for you, but for those you love. Because as you get yeah. older, you'll discover more people will call you and say, I, you know, it happens to me every week. Somebody's got cancer. Somebody's got a family member with Alzheimer's. Somebody's had a stroke. And so now I can go, here's the cutting edge right now. Here are the doctors, people that you go to right now. Here's how to educate yourself literally in minutes on virtually every subject. That's why it's so robust. You can take as little of it or as much as you want, but you'll appreciate as an athlete some of the stuff in there that will blow your mind. I'm, just, I'm so saying excited. blow your mind about how to increase your body's natural ability to produce energy and also how to keep you young longer. Because you know most people think of genes as their destiny, and I know you know better. Genes are not your destiny. Genes, think of that as like the piano. What you care about is the piano player, right? And that piano player is the process that your body uses to direct those genes. And so there's a process that makes that possible, that keeps your system running ideally. Think about it, when you're young, you have a mansion, everybody works for you is young, there's plenty of resources. As you get older, the mansion's older, it breaks down a bit more, the personnel's older, because your stem cells are older, like all these things start to break down. But what if you could rejuvenate the house and the people in it and the systems going on in it well, it's, it's like, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a really wonderful plane, I, but my plane's not brand new. I made it brand new. I repainted it. I put new engines in it. But instead of spending $100 million, I spent a third of that to have my own BBJ. I can fly anywhere on Earth. And I got, I'm basically at a flying house of 5,000 square feet. But I refurbished <laughs> it all. Well, wow. that's what's happening right now. I don't know if you saw it today. They, I wrote about this in the book. There's regeneration of body parts that has already been happening for some time. Dr. Tony Atala has been doing this at Wake Forest University for like 15 years. He's replaced parts of people's bodies where he's grown Amazing. them literally with stem cells with, so it doesn't get rejected and it goes your body. Well, now they're doing it not only that way, but they're doing it with pig implants. And today was the first day I wrote about it coming. I said it would happen by the time you're reading this book and it's happening right on schedule. They just did the first implants for a heart for a gentleman who couldn't get a heart transplant because you know 100,000 people are on the list and 6,000 people are dying every year because they can't get it. But they're able to actually change the genome of the pig because they have the right structure so your body doesn't really? reject it. And so and we're at the beginning, the beginning of that. Over the next two or three years, over the next five years, you're gonna be able to, to actually grow from your own stem cells. This is not science fiction. They're doing it right now, but they'll do it in mass you will be able to grow those pieces, and if there's a breakdown, boom, you replace it with a new part, and it's brand new. Just like you would, like, you know, forget the plane. Think of a car. Most people have had a car that maybe they've refurbished, and now they make it all new. That's where we're heading, to give you an idea. Not to mention the fact that everything is code. So think of it this way. You know, it took uh, 25 years ago, it took 13 years 
to do something that no one thought was possible. Ray Kurzweil is one of the people that drove it forward, good friend of mine. It was like mapping the genome. They thought it would take 100 years and $100 billion. And guess what? They did the thing in 13 years. After seven years, they'd only figured out 1% of it. And they all said it'll never work. And he explained 1% doubled over seven years will get us to 100%. We'll get to where we want to be. So they spent $2.7 billion in 13 years. Do you know what it costs to do your human genome right now? 600 bucks and you can have it done overnight. Wow. I mean, transistors, you remember, you're, oh, you're probably not, not as old as I am, so you don't remember, but original transistors, <laughs> you get 4,000 transistors, you know, put together to have this microchip and it was a buck a transistor. Well, now you get six trillion for a fraction of a penny each. So our bodies are code. And so I'm sure you've heard about CRISPR and some of the things happening there where they're literally changing the code of what's going on in your body and eliminating the disease completely. Uh, Dr. Sinclair from Harvard just did a piece where they turned on these Yamanaka factors. I won't try to explain it to you in two seconds, but it reverses the aging process. And they took mice that are blind, where the retinas, you know, they've had glaucoma, so the nerves are gone, and regrew the nerves, like reversed aging, and their first time in history, and these animals can see. They're doing gene therapy as a young boy who can see again by gene therapy, by changing what's going on in the eyes. We are living in the greatest time in human history, and the changes that are gonna happen over the next three to 12 years are beyond anything you could imagine. It's amazing. I'm so excited for this book. And I want to be respectful of your time, Tony, and, and uh, ask you about this challenge. But before I ask you this, this, before I ask the last question about this and have you speak on it, again, I just want to acknowledge you for constantly pushing the thermometer to the next level in your own life and uh, just being uh, on a mission to be in service to so many people to help us in all these different areas of our life. It's really inspiring. And I'm, I'm just grateful for all the work that you do. And, and again, the model you're creating for so many of us. Thank you, buddy. Uh, I, I, I'm very excited about this. I believe it's a five-day challenge, the yes, breakthrough challenge. Yeah. Which I, you know, anytime you do anything for free, it's like <laughs> people should be paying tens of thousands of dollars for this because they get so much value from you. You're there consistently showing up, giving your passion, giving your energy and wisdom. Uh, you know, over four decades of wisdom from learning and applying this and getting amazing results, and you know, learning from all your mistakes that you've made as well uh, that you've that you've overcome. And uh, this breakthrough challenge is really going to help people take control back of their lives and develop a stronger mindset to get through the second half of winter, because I'm sure it's going to be some, maybe some moments of ups and then some deeper downs and ups and downs throughout the way. So what can we expect with this challenge? How can we get signed up for it right now to make sure we don't miss out at all? Well, let me tell you why I created it. And I'll tell you real quick how you can do it. It's free. There's no cost to it whatsoever. But what I want to mention, you just said something really important. I want to make sure people don't leave without. Winter doesn't mean every night is every day is dark and rainy or snowy and horrible. There's days that look like summer in the middle of winter. If you live in Florida, winter's a nice place, right? <laughs> so in winter, I don't want to make people feel like it's all going to be horrible. It just means that the overall theme is more challenging than not. And that, that's where we're going to probably be. And we're going to face some bigger challenges going forward. And that's going to make us grow. And then that'll set us up for a beautiful springtime where things are much easier and more fun for a while until you get the hot summer and then you go to fall. It's the cycle of life. But uh, this all started in 2020 because before I figured out how to build these you know, events where they could be done in people's homes and have a real transformational experience, like people were home and I was hearing about all the suicides and kids stuck at home and what was happening to the parents and you know, drug abuse going through the roof, all the things that we now know, they were happening then already, but I'm connected to it because I know so many people. 
And so I was like, I gotta do something. So I said, you know what? I'm just gonna do a one day free seminar, like three, four hours, total immersion, and help people like get a new perspective. Because when you're in your house day after day, you lose perspective, you lose momentum, you lose energy. And I was like, that's bullshit. Everything I do is, you know, by total immersion. So like, if you learn a language a little bit at a time, high school and college, a few years later, you can't even speak the language. But if I said to you, I'm going to drop you in Rome for the next 12 weeks and I'm going to pick you up and you have no teacher, 12 weeks later, you're going to be speaking Italian really well because that's how the brain works with immersion. That's why I do seminars in immersion. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do five days, just 90 minutes a day. Usually goes two, two, two and a half hours. I got to be honest because I, I get into it and I really want to help people. I'm going to charge them nothing and I'm going to deliver to them in their homes so that there's no cost, there's no travel, and I can reach them when they need it right now. And we had 430,000 people show up for the first Crazy. one. It was the biggest event I'd ever done. And then last year, it looked like things were going to turn and, you know, people were getting excited, vaccines going to go. And I was like, okay, I'll do one more and let's do it for people so they get momentum to take on this new experience. And we had 800 and something, 35,000 people, 40,000 people attend. So this year looks like we'll have about a million people. And I'm going to do it one final time because I really believe we're turning the corner on COVID like we've talked about. But what it is is five days. And we're going to start with your energy because without that, like this whole conversation we had is worthless. Because if you're tired or you're exhausted or you just burn out or you've been through it all, your brain just doesn't function the right way. So the first day is really about how we shift that energy in you. And then the next day is about your emotions. The next day is relationship. And the next thing is going to be your finance. The next day is going to be your career. And in five days, you get this massive burst of momentum and a whole new perspective. And you create a plan for your year, not some New Year's resolution that six weeks later you're doing nothing towards. And then you're part of our community. And I'll give you a fun story. I'll give you a hundred stories. But this one's really fresh for me because I just saw this man. His name's Matt Intinzi. Matt was in a car accident, I believe it was a car accident, and he had an injury, a brain injury. He was put in bed. He was told he couldn't get off oxygen ever. He gained 700 pounds in that bed. He couldn't even get up to go to the bathroom. Oh my God. And this is over seven years. He was completely isolated, naked in bed for three of those years. Oh. And here's the beauty of this challenge. A buddy of his tells him, you got to do this challenge. You got no excuse. You got nowhere to go. You're in your bed. I'll put this on a, on a big screen in front of you here. Or we'll put it on a laptop. You got to attend this thing. And he thought it was all BS. But his buddy got him. His buddy sat beside him, set it up, made him watch. And the first day he got so excited. I mean, he was so moved that he took this little, um, like, uh, I don't know, like a, like a railing you'd use to, to hang curtains, like curtain railing. And he just started doing these little push-up type things in the bed. Anyway, long story short, in six weeks, he got off the oxygen, which they said he could never do. He stood for the first time. He made it to the bathroom on his own for the first time after eight weeks. Wow. Then he started losing weight and feeling stronger. And so finally, I don't remember what number he's at, but he lost 258 pounds so far. But I called him up because, you know, you're part of our community after you do this. It doesn't end in the five days. And all these people around the world become your friends. And he's getting all the support from people. And he's showing videos of his improvement. So that's how I knew what was going on with him because I'm, I'm tuning in too. So I reached out to him and I said, listen, you lose this much more weight. And I will fly you to Palm Beach, Florida. And you come to my live Unleash the Power Within event. The first one we're doing live in two years. And you be my guest and you walk on the fire. And wow. he, he got so excited and he went for it. Lost 258 pounds, but then he calls me up and goes, okay, I did what you said. I'm ready to come. I, I drove a car for the first time. I'm ready to travel for the first time. But he goes, 
I fell in love and I'm engaged. Oh. Can I can I bring my girl? And I said, of course you can. So they just recently came here to Palm Beach. They walked the fire together and like he's inspiring other people. All this came because of a free challenge because, you know, somebody got him in there because there's no reason not to do it. So if you've ever wanted to experience my work, here's your chance. Cost nothing. It's not partially free. It's totally free. And you don't have to go anywhere. And if you want, you can do it with your family or a friend. So you got to like a partner and they don't have to be in the same room with you. Or you could be doing it with a group of people in your office. So I'm doing it January 25th through the 29th. It's coming up quick. January 25th, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. But we have people from 195 countries. So whatever time zone, 2 p.m. Eastern is for you. And I promise you, you do this each day for these five days, you're going to have a massive momentum and you're going to be set up to win no matter what happens in 2022. Mm. And it's, it's Breakthrough2022.com. Is that Breakthrough2022.com to register. Again, there's no cost. You just got to register. Breakthrough2022.com. I'm telling you, I've done, I've, I've been a part of these events the last couple of years. Uh, I've seen the energy. I've seen the consistency people take on actions on overcoming their fears and insecurities. I've seen the results they get. I've met some of these people as well because I've been down to Florida with you and seen some people as well. It's incredible what people are creating after just five days of getting the tools, the wisdom, uh, and really the clarity on how to take action moving forward on all these different areas of their life. So Breakthrough 2022, I'm telling you, sign up right now. It's free. Send it to a few of your friends. Get them to sign up with you. Have an accountability buddy, and it'll really support you uh, to commit and really take on this year in a big way. So if you've got any insecurities, any fears, or any big goals and dreams that you want to go tackle, I'm telling you, this is the place to be January 25th through the 29th. Do not miss this breakthrough. 2022.com. And remember something, in Breakthrough 22, it's really about the greatest story of humanity. What is the greatest story? What's the story we all love? It's the comeback story. It's, yes. you know, it's the hero gets knocked to their knees. And listen, COVID's knocked everybody to their knees in some way, mm -hmm. right? Business, their life. That's nothing to be embarrassed by. I don't give a damn how good you are. But they get knocked to their knees. And what is it? It's the comeback. It's the Rocky. It's that music where all of a sudden you step back up and you take control and rock. That's mm -hmm. what 2020 needs to be for you. But you're not going to get there sitting at home having the same perspective you have. You got to exit that world and enter another world filled with people that are ready to go to the next level. And that's what Breakthrough2022.com is about. I the tiger. I got that music in my head right now. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs> final, final thought for you before we go. Real quick, what was the biggest lesson of 2021 for you? And what are you most excited about for 2022? And then we'll wrap it up. I think the biggest lesson was uh, that I could have even more impact without treating my body like, like it's a vagabond around the world. And I think the other one that was the greatest <laughs> gift that God gave was uh, my daughter, right? Like I, I, we've mm. almost given up on it, but I said, if I can really be home, I don't want to have a child where I'm never there. I have to drag them around the earth, but if I can be home a lot more here, let's give it one more try. And so, you know, my daughter's, you know, the gift that's come out of that. So those are, mm. those are my breakthroughs for 2021. I love it. Tony, thank you again so much for taking the time for, uh, being such an incredible teacher to so many of us and I uh, appreciate you being here. And again, breakthrough2022.com. Make sure you guys go sign up right now. Tony, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. 
And now it's time to go out there and do something great. 